Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast hosted by me, Tony Lieber. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram and TikTok at Tony underscore Lieber. For today's episode, we'll be recapping the Gophers' third straight defeat, this time coming to the hands of the Ohio State Buckeyes in blowout fashion. Reacting to that game, obviously a game that not many Gophers fans thought that Minnesota had a Got to win, but obviously the way the game played out was a little frustrating. So um, we will break that down, um, kind of where the Gophers are sitting before a pivotal final uh, regular season game against Wisconsin. Uh, we'll go dive deeper into that um, later this week. But yeah, let's jump right into it. Yeah, so uh, Minnesota lost very handily to Ohio State. Um I don't think the final score really even matters that much. Wasn't even close. Um but the odd thing was they played fairly well in the first half in my opinion. Um they didn't look completely like outmatched. Um but that is what makes this game a little more frustrating in my opinion. Um there was an opportunity for the Gophers to score points in that first half. Uh, there were a couple opportunities. Um, it, they were about at the 40-yard line two separate times, and it was fourth and five or shorter two separate times. So those are obviously plays that the analytics tells you are kind of toss-up. Like, if you punt it, if you go for it that early in the game, it's really up to you. It's not like there's a dramatic win probability shift in your decision on those plays. But when you're when you have two straight losses, you're five and five, and you're playing the number two ranked team on the road, those factors aren't included in the analytics. And for those reasons, I was confused why the Gophers didn't go for it on those opportunities. I personally thought it was very humorous when the broadcast mentioned DJ Fleck wants to be pull the uh, booth, the broadcast team, that he'd like to be more aggressive and go for it more on fourth downs, and then he proceeded to punt in a perfect opportunity to be more aggressive and go for it on fourth downs. That being said, he didn't have to go for it. It's not like it's an egregious thing, but it just that's how you call a game as a coach when you're playing Iowa when you're playing Illinois, when you're playing Purdue, when you're playing teams you should be competitive against. This Gophers team this year was never meant to be competitive against Ohio State, ever. And I just don't know what that what message that sends to your team, to your the fans don't really matter, but just the message that sends is just like, like, what are we doing here? Like, you're then playing, hoping Ohio State makes a mistake. And that's just a weird game to play. Both those decisions just kind of irked me as someone watching the game. Um, obviously, not a whole lot you can do there, but, and it's kind of just analyzing a few extra things. But I think that kind of just encapsulates this season as a whole. Um, 
In the first half, I thought the offense played or the defense played pretty well after the first drive of the game. Ohio State kind of walked down, uh, scored right away, and I thought, okay, uh, this this one's going to be short and quick. But um, the defense kind of responded there, and um, I thought they were playing pretty well. Tyler Newbin was himself. Uh, the defensive line was making a couple plays. And, yeah, I mean, it was 13-0 at halftime. That first quarter, it flew by, and it was only 7-0. But after that first drive, the defense was playing well. And um, then the Gophers held them to two field goals in the second quarter. So um, I, I thought it was honestly a solid effort in the first half. And at halftime, I'm like, you can't really expect much more in a game like this. Gophers are clearly overmatched. They're playing uh, walk-on retro freshman at the linebacker position. They're playing a retro freshman at the safety position. And you're playing a bunch of players you didn't expect to be playing preseason. So, for that reason, I thought they played pretty well in the first half. All but adding to the fact that it was a great opportunity for the Gophers to at least get on the board. If they got on the board and got that uh, field goal that they got at the end of the game in the first half, and it was three to sixteen at halftime, that's about like a B plus scenario for this Gophers team against a team like Ohio State. So, um, but then the second half starts, and I think the defense and everyone on that team's like, my thoughts at, at halftime were the players showed up for the first half. The coaches didn't. The players were playing their butts off, and they were like, this is what we have to do to beat the number two team in the country on the road. And the coaches were showing up like it was a normal Big Ten West game in late October. And that's what's frustrating. And that's what's annoying. Because obviously... Gophers fans headed into this game with a certain level of expectation that they were going to lose, but you hope to see a good effort, hope to see some of these young guys that have been forced into playing um, play well, and some of them did. Uh, Coleman Bryson played 44 snaps on defense. He had a 66.8 PFF grade. That was the most that he's played since um, last year's bowl game. I think that might be the most... Uh, last week against Purdue, he had, did have 45 snaps. but um, So he's starting to play a little bit more. Uh, that was probably his best game of his career since that bowl game. He had a 77.5 PFF grade in the bowl game last year where he won defensive MVP. So uh, great to see him playing. Um, a good talent player that could have a, a very strong role on this team next year with Tyler Newbin gone um, and Darius Green likely coming back. I'm feeling this offseason is going to be really interesting when it comes to the transfer portal. But um, Coleman Bryson's a guy who, who could have a big role next year, and it's great to see him developing. And then um, Tyler Stolsky as well. Uh, we mentioned last week how him and Matt Kingsbury against Purdue was a large reason to the negative play as a whole. But Tyler Stolsky played pretty well against the number two team in the country. He played 63 snaps. Um, Matt Kingsbury did not play in this game. I think the Gophers kind of realized that he might be a year away, uh, maybe two years away. And so uh, Stolsky, though, he played well. 
given the circumstances. Oh, 65.1 PFF grade on 63 snaps. So he deserves a lot of credit. Again, these are guys that weren't expecting to play preseason. So when they're playing at a level like that in a game like this, uh, it's worth mentioning. So um, kudos to both those guys, and hopefully they can have a role on this team going forward. Um, but th- that was two bright spots that watching that game, I was like, okay. But, um, I mean, overall, it just, this game was so predictable. Um, it kind of mentioned a couple times last week about what the Gophers would have to do to be competitive in this game. And then as I was saying that, I'm like, I don't think they will do this stuff. And that's kind of what it was. It was kind of like, oh, PJ Fleck will be a conservative decision maker in this game. Greg Harbo will call conservative offensive plays, and then we'll just go from there. And it, it just that's not a if you play Ohio State one hundred times with that game plan, you lose one hundred times. If you go for it on that first couple fourth downs, you win a couple of those hundred times. Maybe not more than five, but you at least have a chance of winning with the game plan you brought to the table didn't give you a chance of winning. I'm going to be completely frank with that. I don't think the Gophers beat Ohio State once out of 100 times with that game plan. And that obviously comes back to coaching. And obviously a lot of people in my Twitter mentions, a lot of people that I know are Gophers fans, walked away from a third straight loss a 34-point loss saying, oh, PJ needs to go. I still don't think we're at that point, and I would not reach that point at all this season. But it's getting closer. This is now his third straight losing streak of three or more. And I think it's important, though, to take a step back and realize that there's still the infrastructure at this program right now with the current head coach to be successful. It's just a few things need to change. The the base is there. It's you got a good head coach, you got good facilities, you got a good program right now. You you do have a good program right now. It's just the second level. You have a good defense coordinator, that's one block on the second level. Your offense coordinator is not good right now. I said it, I'm going to keep saying it. PJ Fleck needs to go out and do something creative. He loves to love the guys. Greg Harbo is a guy he's known since Western Michigan. Matt Simon's a guy he's known since Western Michigan. I preferably would give Matt Simon a, a chance. Um, I'm obviously not the head coach, but give Matt Simon a chance or go hire someone new. Get some new people. And at the end of the day, I think that's going to come back to the quarterback position too. Um, I mentioned a few times before, I, I think this team just needs to go out and get a quarterback in the transfer portal. Um, Ethan certainly can still be the quarterback next year. And if I was the head coach of this program, I wouldn't even mention it um, until after the Wisconsin game. But um, let's say Ethan beats Wisconsin, and then he beats – he's 3-1 and one versus Iowa and Wisconsin and his four starts or something, which would be crazy. And not many quarterbacks in uh, the Gophers uniform could say that the last 100 years. But um, you got to sit him down and be like, 
I, I'm going to go out and, and get in a veteran quarterback. There's no reason why you can't still be the starting quarterback, but you have to show me why. Because this season did not show me, as a hypothetical head coach, any reason why Ethan should be the starter next year. He didn't elevate anyone on this team. That's not how this program and team's designed to have a quarterback to do that. But that's how you elevate your program is you get players that elevate your system. And there's not many of those on this team right now. Tyler Newman will play in the NFL. Brevin Spanford will play in the NFL. And then there's a bunch of guys that might be late day three picks or undrafted free agents. Um, Josh Joyner is a very talented guy that I will play in the NFL. Um, I think a lot of coaches, though, and a lot of uh, NFL front office guys will be all over the place. Daniel Jackson, a guy who I'm very high on, but the Gophers haven't been able to use him very well. I think he'll play in the NFL, but I think a lot of front office guys will be all over the place with him because he hasn't been a consistent producer. And the offensive line, I don't know if there's any NFL players on the offensive line. Um, Darius Taylor is obviously still banged up. But on the defense, Justin Wally, we all know how talented he is, but he's been up and down. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if he... Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about the transfer portal here, uh, this will be an interesting offseason. Um, definitely had the thought that the next uh, month for P.J. Fleck, I think is the most important month that he will have as a head coach of the Minnesota Gophers. For that reason, the uh, early national signing day is on December 20th. Um, the next month will be very pivotal for P.J. Fleck to keep intact his number 30-ranked national recruiting class, which would be his best as a Gophers head coach. And the transfer portal is going to open in about a week here. Few of the guys that I mentioned, I would not be entirely caught off guard if they entered the transfer pool. I'm not going to speculate on any of those, but given the guys that entered last year, Michael Dixon, Phil Carter, guys who would have been high-level contributors on this roster, it would not shock me if there are guys that right now you look and you're like, ooh, he's coming back next year, he's going to be good next year. That happened to test the portal waters. So that will be a pivotal moment for PJ Fleck. And then lastly, he plays Wisconsin on Saturday. And missing a bowl game would be a big step back for this program. Beating Wisconsin for the third straight year in a row would be a step forward for this program. It's just a really crossroads moment for this game. Um, winning the game would be a very bittersweet moment for I think a lot of Gophers fans realizing that they beat Iowa and Wisconsin but they didn't really do anything else they uh, beat Michigan State they beat Louisiana they beat Eastern Michigan and they beat Nebraska it's a very odd six teams to beat and then you would have losses against Northwestern North Carolina, Michigan Purdue and Ohio State in Illinois. So the next month will be huge for this program, for this team. 
the Ohio State game, I don't think changed a whole lot of that. But it's just you're year seven of this program, and this program is never going to go toe to toe with uh, programs like Ohio State or Michigan when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to performance on the field, any of that. That's just not going to happen. That's how college sports works nowadays. The teams with the massive budgets and massive athletic departments like Ohio State, like Michigan, like Alabama, like Georgia, like all these places, they're going to be at the top. And it takes decades and decades to break into that top, and it takes millions of millions, if not billions of dollars to get there. So it's unrealistic to even mention that, but... Nobody expected the Gophers to compete against Ohio State, but it's just the way they're losing these games that's so frustrating. Because it was just bending the knee. It's just, oh, okay, we'll lose. Here's your win, Ohio State, and we'll go on with our way. Run some trick plays. This is a game to do that stuff, not when you're playing Illinois on a pivotal two-point conversion when you're battling for the Big Ten West title. That's not the moment to run trick plays. This is a game to run trick plays. You're on the road against the number two team in the country. You do stuff to try to steal possessions. They weren't doing that. They just kind of showed up and they're like, here's my lunch money. The the bully shook them for all everything they had and then just gave it to them. They didn't even put up a fight. And that that's, that's what was frustrating because – what even made it more annoying was it seemed like the players wanted to play, but the coaches were just like, yeah, I don't know. That might be a bit optimistic. We'll just look to next week. And that's a whole nother thing to speculate about Cody Lindenberg and Darius Taylor not playing in this game, but um, spoke about that last week. We don't need to rehash that. But it's uh, it's just a frustrating to turn on the Gophers on a Saturday at 3 p.m. and watch that game, no matter who they're playing. It's just not a very exciting product when you only attempt 19 passes against the number two team in the country. If you want to be Iowa, just be Iowa. Just say that. Be like, we're just not going to have any offensive creativity. The reason you were so successful in 2019 is because you had that offensive creativity. You were, you had explosive plays. You were taking risks. You were do the first. It's just that there's none of that in. You're just since the Iowa game, it's just you're kind of like, ooh, yeah, we'll we'll beat Michigan State. They're a disaster of a program right now. We'll beat them at home. It certainly didn't come without its bumps and bruises. But then the Illinois game, oh, we'll compete for a little bit, and then we'll run, pull out this random trick play at uh, the two-point conversion, and then uh, we'll just fold over on defense at the end of the game. And then Purdue, oh, our season's over. Uh, lost the Big Ten West. Purdue, you can win. The, the, this is the vibe of the program that I'm getting right now, and it's frustrating. Um, I want PJ Fleck to be successful. I still think he can, and I honestly still think he might be. But it's just right now, it's just in a very odd place. And 
we'll get into it later this week when we preview the Wisconsin game, but um, that's just what I th- I think it might be the the biggest game in uh, PJ Flex tenure as head coach. Um, because winning and losing this game, I shit is going to shift a lot of smart people's opinion on him, and it's going to shift a lot of decision makers' opinion on the program. In my opinion. Um, because if he wins, that will give him three straight wins versus Wisconsin. First coach to do that till the, since the seventies. And if he loses, that will be. Um, excuse me, real quick. Here, let me double check. That will be seven full seasons and four bowl games which is like 57.1% I want to say yeah um so we'll get into that a little bit later this week but um this loss just lost that much more pressure if you came out and you were you were, you were the fun golfers that everyone fell in love with PJ Fleck and this something new it's not the same old thing every single saturday Got all this energy. It's just the energy on the field. That's something PF like prides himself on. And that's that's not what I'm seeing as an outside observer watching this team every Saturday. They seem deflated. And that starts with your head coach. PF like's body language is just a little odd to me right now. Um, personally, it just seems like he w- walks off the bus and he's already accepted a loss the last three weeks. So there's no reason why it can't be different this week against Wisconsin. And there's no reason why it can't be different next year, but it's just a broken record at this point. I, I'm going to rehash a bunch of things I've said earlier, but they just, there needs to be a lot of changes. And some of those you need to make right now and you need to beat Wisconsin because if you don't, there's not much to hang your hat on this season. And you're real lucky that the refs call back that punt against Iowa if fall this week to Wisconsin. I'll tell you that much. Um, it's an interest, interesting point for the program right now. Like I said, it'll be a huge month coming up. Mm. Performance like this just adds to that. So... I don't think there's a whole lot to analyze. Um, it's really been the same story the last three weeks. No Darius Taylor. This offense has been stagnant. Um, Daniel Jackson makes a few big plays here and there. Uh, Revan Spanford needs the ball more. Uh, Jordan Newbin's okay. Ethan uh, needs to be more accurate. They need to take more shots. It's just, I've said the exact same stuff the past three weeks. So it's, it's saying it again really doesn't do much. Um, but Ohio State certainly is a very good football team. I will say that. It should be a great weekend of football with Ohio State, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Thanksgiving football. Great weekend of sports coming up. But um, yeah, just another Oham loss for the Gophers. And on to the next week. As always, I appreciate you guys listening. Row the boat, Sky Uma, and go Gophers. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.